Hey everybody, Annie here with a couple of quick announcements. First, I am so excited to announce that we have launched our new online campus. This is a virtual gathering place where we are hosting Q&As, webinars, support groups, and on-demand courses. It is pretty awesome, and I hope you will join. If you use the link schoolforthedogs.com slash podcastfan, you can get a month of free access. And we have some pretty cool things happening in the next month there, so I hope you will join once you're on the inside of the online campus. If you post something and mention that you are a podcast fan, I will gift you access to our Body Language Basics course, a $47 value. This is an on-demand course by my School for the Dogs co-founder, Kate Sinisi. Super valuable information. I think you'll get a lot out of it. Second announcement is that the podcast is going on a brief hiatus. I hope to be back in September, but I'm taking a little time off because I am writing a book about dog training. It will be published by Source Books in 2024, and I am trying to finish it up this summer. So I am going to be turning my attention to that for the next couple months, but I will be going live and doing some Q&As in the online campus, so I hope you will come join me there. And I should also mention, if you haven't done my master class, which is free, it's about an hour long, I suggest you check that out if you are jonesing for more (laughs) Annie Grossman while I'm gone. You can get there at anniegrossman.com slash masterclass. It features a special offer where you can get a year of access to the online campus plus a 90-minute session with a School for the Dogs trainer and all of our on-demand courses for a very special price. Uh, And just for doing the masterclass, you also get a 20% discount right now to storeforthedogs.com. So make sure to check that out. And I will see you on the inside, or else I will see you back here in September. And, oh, wait, third special announcement I almost forgot. I got a kitten. It's sort of an interesting story. I wrote up how this tiny cat entered our lives earlier this week. You can read all about it in the online campus again Join at schoolforthedogs.com slash podcast fan and you'll get a month free. Magnolia, I'm telling everybody about the new kitten. You want to tell them? We got the captain. And what's her name? Uh, Sour. And where'd she come from? From the beach. And what do you like about her? We love her and and we have something for her. All right, tell everybody they should go to the online campus and they can read all about it. Can you say that? Go to the wine cap to read all about it.
So, um, just for background for anyone listening to this, um, <laughs> Michelle and I, I don't know Michelle, but Michelle and I are in the same uh, neighborhood dog group. And she posted something about an issue she was having with her dog. And I said, you know, hey, if you want to do a free consult, um, here's the link. We're doing free consult right now. It's cool for the dogs. And a couple other people recommended uh, another trainer in the neighborhood who I've heard this person's name before, but I don't really um, I don't know much about about them. Um so I Googled around and saw that this person wasn't certified and by any, by, well, by any organization other than this one uh, local dog training trainer program that I don't think has a very good reputation. And being aware of the fact that it's like, uh, I think most people don't know that it's not a regulated field and that there are, that there's like a lot of different I guess you could say different kinds of dog training, some things that could be effective, but actually ultimately, ultimately don't like address the root cause of the fear. Da 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 da. I reached out and to Michelle. I I I I really reached out to you just because I was like, hey, I was wondering how it went with this trainer because I don't know anything about this trainer, and and I said kind of like a shortened version, I guess, of what I just stated, and and you wrote back like basically like i don't think it's appropriate you know for you i don't think you use the word appropriate but you were just like it's sort of weird that you're like denigrating some other trainer you know rather than you know just promoting your business and leaving it at that and i realized right away like you were kind of right like i shouldn't have said anything i really didn't mean to (laughs) i didn't really mean to like put this guy down because i don't know the person or or the methods i but i was like pushing you to like tell me like what you did in your session which was not appropriate so i and like I said to you in the message, like I, I could just call this person and ask about their method. So I apologize. And I totally understand if I came off like a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> no, no worries. I, you know, like I said too, it's just been such a stressful week with this guy because again, like we have so much affection for right. him. We know it's not like we know enough to understand that it's not, like an aggression thing that when he acts out it's because he's terrified um, right right and so much aggression stems from from fear um right. but anyway so just to back up i said let, let's get on the phone and we can talk about this and maybe maybe it'll be a subject for the podcast but but um tell me what's going on so it sounds like you fostered this dog and now you're watching the dog and is this a new behavior did you see it when you were fostering like take, take me back a little bit yeah, of course. So when we so we started fostering him, um, I think we picked him up in February or March. Uh, it was a little bit of an impulse decision, to be honest. Basically, the situation was we saw him, um, and we already have a Chihuahua Pomeranian mix in the house. He's nine and a half. His name is Jungu, and he's an angel. We've never had an issue with him. So we thought that you know we were ready to contemplate getting a second dog. So we spoke to this rescue and we brought, you know, and we were allowed to do a one week trial is what the rescue told us. The rescue disclosed that he did have a heart condition, uh, but really no more than that. So when we brought him home, we realized he had a little bit of a fear aggression issue. 
and realized the severity of his condition. He has a level five heart murmur. Um, our dog, Jungu, actually also has also has degenerative, degenerative heart disease. When we realized all of that, we realized that we were maybe in a little bit over our heads. And so we reached back out and said, hey, we're happy to foster this dog and give him a home until he's adopted out. So we had him for about three months. Ashley, who's now his mother and renamed him Bowser, adopted him, has had him for about a month. We've stayed in touch the entire time. And she just is on a trip out of the country. And we agreed to watch him because we love him (laughs) and missed him. So during that foster period, we realized a number of things. The first thing is, you know, Jung was allowed to sleep on the bed. So for us, it was kind of a no-brainer that we would just put Bowser up on the bed. He got very territorial up there. So we quickly kind of revoked that privilege from him uh, and set up a bed for him next to, you know, where we sleep. The, The territorial aggression was like, if one of us left the bedroom and then came back in at night, it would spook him. It was like he didn't recognize us. He would growl and bark, um, which has now escalated to uh, rushing at whoever, like charging at whoever is coming through the door and trying to bite their feet and their calves. Um, And it's not like a warning nip either. It's like a rush, like a panicked rush and attack until you're able to kind of get away from get yourself away from the situation um he also didn't like being touched at all at night so if i accidentally like my hand like brushed him he would like rush up the bed at me and bit my chest actually the first week that we had him ever um i guess to back up a tiny bit too sorry just for his background he's an eight-year-old chihuahua pomeranian mix he was with a family i think out in queens and he was rescued when this family was told that he had a heart murmur and wanted to put him down and the vet said this is a perfectly not a perfectly healthy dog you know but like his condition can be maintained with medication and he can otherwise live a normal dog life and refused to put him down and surrendered him to the rescue and so we're working with mm-hmm. eight years of i'm not sure what kind of treatment um and do, you so, don't know if he had these issues with that family as well yeah we've had no contact with that family we don't know really anything about his background other than the circumstances of his surrender so that so there was a territorial issue um there was also you know a little bit of just a growling issue generally he isn't neutered because his prior family decided not to you know do that procedure and because of how far gone his heart condition is now every vet that we spoke to also you know backed up the recommendation that he not be put under anesthesia uh, because they were afraid that he wouldn't be able to survive a surgery due to his heart condition so he also wears a diaper around the house because he marks everywhere he you know he obviously doesn't like that so he'll growl when the diaper is being put on but otherwise we haven't seen what we have not seen is we have not seen resource guarding issues so when i feed him breakfast or dinner i can sit right next to him i can put my hand on his water bowl next to his food bowl i can put my hand on his food bowl and he's fine with that um he also hasn't shown any aggression to jungu or the other dog in our house uh and actually jungu seems to be the only 
thing in this house that he consistently listens to. When he was here, when we were fostering him, we did some basic obedience training. So we taught him sit, lie down, and roll over. So that was the three-month foster period. Since he's come back, he just seems to have more triggers to the point where we're just not even sure what is triggering him. So, for example, like, basically his second day here, I was in the bathroom and I walked out to the living room. Bowser was sitting on the couch, looked over, saw me, and started barking and growling like he was about to charge. So I started talking to my boyfriend. I was like, just allow me to not make eye contact with him (laughs) Uh, and just like distract, you know, distract him. That kind of state made him stay where he was and he was just like continued to bark. Uh, But then as soon as I turned my head back to where he was, he jumped off the couch, ran at me and like bit my foot and my calf. He also just, at this point, it's like even movement will trigger him. So in our in-home office setup, we have two desks that are next to each other. Uh, If Nick turns in his chair to talk to me, that will cause Bowser to alert and like charge. You know, it's like at the point where it's like standing up will upset him. And we're not sure what's going on. Since he's been here, we tried using a playpen to cut off like half of our living room which is a ton of space by the way it's like we have a huge living room uh and like we probably had him confined in like 200 square foot space honestly it's bigger than the first bedroom i had when i first moved to the city you know um Mm -hmm. he cried the entire time that he was in the playpen and when we let him out he would charge can attack us every time we would like go to let him out for a walk or for his dinner or water so we stopped that we did that for one day and we were like this is not working uh what we do now is we just have him on leash at all times so that if he charges one of us is able to pick up his leash and we either like try to redirect his attention with the treat and get him to sit which doesn't always work um the trainer we worked with yesterday showed us a method where Rather than saying no or anything, we just walk towards him, actually, calmly, uh, just, like, saying no once, and then just walk towards him and, like, into his space, and that actually seemed to calm him. Uh, But, you know, I'd love to also hear, like, what actually might be going on there, and if there's maybe a better way to handle uh, because we've tried both the redirect with the treat and, like, the command to just, like, get him to calm down and get him to do his obedience commands and now you know our instructions from yesterday so that's pretty much where we're at at this point nick my boyfriend seems to upset him a lot more than i do uh because nick has left for the weekend as of today and he's actually been quite calm uh bowser has actually been quite calm today uh he's actually on leash and just sleeping on his back like in cockroach position next to my desk right now on the floor so that's some good news no that's that's what i'm here for so um a few a few follow-up questions did the person who had him in this intermediary time tell you how he was doing with her uh yep so she would keep us updated regularly on his behavior it sounds like he has not been aggressive with her she told us there's only been one incident when he bit her um 
Otherwise, though, so she lives in Hell's Kitchen with a roommate who fosters cats. And my understanding is Bowser does not have a good relationship with the roommate. So she generally tries to keep Bowser in the room away from her. And the one time that he bit her was when Bowser was in the kitchen having his dinner or breakfast. Hi! Sorry. Hello! Having his dinner or breakfast or something. And the roommate was in the living room, like, came out to the living room, and Bowser tried to charge her, and Ashley put herself between Bowser and the roommate, and uh, that's, like, when he charged and bit her. But otherwise, it sounds like she hasn't had any biting incidents with him, um, and, I mean, she's been doing an amazing job. Uh, like, she's she's conditioned him to, you know, allow, um, to allow her to do some things that we still like weren't able to handle like he would not let us touch his butt <laughs> when we were fostering him which was unfortunate because like his poop like took a little bit to get solid so we really needed to get at his butt to wipe it and he did not like that and he would growl and like bite us when we would try to you know take care of that issue and uh she was able to handle that so you know he's made he's definitely made progress with her for sure and you know, I, I wonder if, like, some of the stress he's feeling is simply because of the change in location again. And hoping, you know, we're hoping that he'll be better once he goes back to Ashley. But, uh, but yeah. Okay, so my immediate, my immediate thoughts from from what you're telling me um, is... Oh, sorry, one oh, more... Go ahead. Sorry, uh-huh. sorry. One, more, one more super critical thing, uh-huh. actually, is that he's really affectionate and he'll ask for pets... But then he'll just randomly freak out when he is uh, when he's being pet with no warning. So he doesn't give like there's no wailing, there's no lip curl, there's nothing. Uh, it just like goes straight to like having like a demon in your lap. So it, it's really sad because I want to pet him and I want to give him affection. But like the last time that I sat on the floor, I sat on the floor, didn't look at him, and let him crawl into my lap and then place my hand in front of his face and let him nose my hand to let me know that he wanted pets. And then I would pet him for like five second intervals and then stop. But then after the second interval, he freaked out and I have a cut on my side (laughs) from where he bit me. So he gives very little warning. What, you know, like what Mike said to us yesterday was like in the past, it must be that, uh, you know, people have disrespected over and over his other signals so he's decided that the only way to get people to stop something that he doesn't like is to go straight to biting so that's what so that's what he does and he wasn't like that when you know we were fostering but uh but since we've gotten back like every time that i've gone over to pet his head or something i haven't been able to do so without like almost every time i guarantee he's like freaked out you know, yeah. after maybe like five or ten seconds of being pet. In terms of a full like medical thing, actually took him to the vet, did a full workup. Uh, he's a healthy dog, other than of course the heart murmur. He did have a loose tooth that she said fell out. So, um, so I'm not sure what's going on there. So maybe like if like there's an abscess in there or there's like still pain maybe that's contributing to why he doesn't like yeah so i was gonna say that that um i would definitely first rule out any kind of um medical reason um that he might be behaving this way he might be in pain but of course you know one of the things that's so difficult about uh being a veterinarian is you can't speak to your patients 
right. so <clears throat> you know it's possible that sometimes the first medication that a veterinary behaviorist will recommend is a pain medication to address pain that we we might not know the exact source of it but um you know what you're describing to me as a non-medical professional sounds like it could be related to pain and uh and i'm guessing you know the stress of maybe the stress of living with a cat or having whatever feelings he has about the roommate um the stress of being moved from one place to another you know if only if only there was a little old lady out in the country who could live alone with every (laughs) every (laughs) dog who uh for you know who needed that or it doesn't have to be an old lady but you know what i mean (laughs) the perfect situation like Like, 24 7 yeah out in like a remote area (laughs) where there are none of the stressors of daily city life and roommates etc um but you know they're not and uh so i think it's commendable that you and she are doing your best to figure out these issues um i would suggest checking out um we, we have a body language course that's just like an on-demand course, uh, and I can send you some other information, too, if you go to schoolforthedogs.com slash courses. I, I maybe would just do that. It's a pretty quick course, but I think that could help you maybe read some dog body language that you might not be aware of already, because it's true that dogs do tend to give us signals they are going to bite but sometimes they can be things that aren't super obvious unless you've really sort of studied it a little bit it might help you sort of learn how to read him a little bit better but it's true that you know he might go from what seems like nothing to snapping um and you know the kind of thing like getting into a space and yelling no if that is actually something that is aversive to him and who knows which part is aversive is it the what was the word is it the approaching is it the fact that you're not you know then leaving um you know one of the fallout the fallouts of that kind of work in my opinion is that uh you can end up with a dog who's like oh i shouldn't bark and growl i should just go in for the bite right Um, which it sounds like it's kind of like what that other trainer was, was getting at. So, you know, there, there's actually a school of thought of like, you actually want to encourage the growl. Like you want a dog who growls, um, even though that can seem counterintuitive. For the moment right now, I know you said you have to watch this dog through Sunday and you're really at your wits end. Uh, so that's really what I want to focus on helping you with because yes. we have we have a few dozen hours before we get to Sunday at this point and <laughs> I don't want you suffering. Um, I think our focus is just um, I don't want to make this dog worse. Yeah. I don't want to like create any worse Mm -hmm. habits of course and you want to and you want to also be safe you want to you want both of you to be comfortable my my other follow-up question was um what what is he eating and is he eating well oh and and just an addendum to the tooth thing if he had one tooth fall out was it treated was it did a dentist look at it after it fell out uh, I don't believe so. Um, yeah, so I would, I, I would say probably a visit to the dog dentist is in order. If you had one f- tooth yeah. fill out, probably there are other ones that are on their way. Okay. And I and I don't know very much about 
dentistry of any kind but i but my guess again just just a guess is that like if a tooth just falls out on its own that might mean that there's like pain and rot under it that might need to be cleaned and dealt with and i mean obviously we all know that dental pain is no joke and humans (laughs) yeah um and so but is he eating and what is he eating and is how often is he eating like and is he using a crate um so uh so i'll do the eating question first um so he eats twice a day with jenggu they both eat this at the same time so jenggu's on pet plate and bowser is on just food for dogs he's either on turkey and whole wheat macaroni or chicken and white rice and both of those recipes have been signed off on by the vet for being low sodium and healthy enough for a dog with his condition he also takes a bunch of medications he takes vetmidine furosemide sildenafil and one more sildenafil furosemide and i can't remember the last what are one, the, these are for his heart Yes, those are all to manage his heart condition. He has no problem taking those pills if we mix them into the just food for dogs food. What I'm trying to ascertain is like, is he, he's yeah. into the food, yes. right? Yeah. Yep, he's super into the food. They also both get a greenie after dinner, and he's also had no problem chewing on that. He's still able to kind of chew on something hard like that as well. In terms of treats, uh, he's just picky, I think. Like, Jenggu gets chicken heart, turkey heart, like, lamb liver, lamb lung, all that stuff. So that's what Bowza eats for training treats as well. And he's into them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, super into them. Yeah. Okay. Um, my, my, for the next, and, and, and sorry, does he use a crate? Oh, sorry. Um, we don't have a crate, so we do not. And the playpen just like uh, he didn't like that. Yeah, upset him. Yeah, a lot. And he doesn't so. use a crate with uh, the person who has him now. No. Okay. Yeah. So for the most uh, immediate uh, <laughs> issues, I mean, overall too, but specifically right now, I think the focus should be on arranging the environment in order to make sure that um, he is agitated as little as possible and that um, you are as safe as possible. So, and the fact that your boyfriend is out of town and he seems to be less stressed about you than the boyfriend is probably a good thing. Um, I would even go so far as to say if if he seems less stressed does he seem less stressed or more stressed you think when around the other dog uh around jungle um he he and jungle well jungle is annoyed more annoyed by him okay than the other way around um i i think you're kind of likes to follow jungle around the apartment mm-hmm. and will like lick his dick sorry i don't <laughs> that's like he, he just like follows him around licks his dick like does everything he does it's kind of really cute like when before we put him on leash at all times like he and jungle would just run around side by side because bowser just wants to do everything that he was doing so yeah i think your instinct to make the apartment as small as possible for him is actually a really good one um you might just need to be putting yourself in that area too um but you know not unlike anxious people i think you know anxious dogs appreciate having a manageable environment that is, um, you know, as predictable 
as possible. Um, right. So if you can create a space that's uh, also ideally away from the front door, ideally away from, you know, any noisy windows, um, that is maybe like a, an apartment within an apartment that you can hang out in for the next few days, that could be a good idea. Overall, yeah. I think your focus should be on helping him feel as comfortable as possible we need to be focusing on his feelings before we're focusing on the behavior and i think i mean to get back a little bit to like what we were talking about before i think a big divide in the world of dog training today and mm -hmm. yeah, uh, is approaching the problem versus approaching the root of the problem because there's a lot of things you can do using punishment and punishment is not by the way like a big bad scary thing or or like there's not i'm not even saying punishment with like a judgment value to it like punishment simply means we're reducing a behavior Re right. reinforcement means we're encouraging a behavior so there are ways you can reduce a behavior you know using some kind of punishment that might get rid of the behavior but the that you it can then lead to increased undesirable behaviors in some other area of the dog's like life to hide his feelings and like or like you know he's like okay well i like i said like barking is bad so now i'm just gonna yeah. go straight to biting or yeah. um you know scratching at the door got punished but you know biting myself is a way that i can express that anxious energy <laughs> um <laughs> or or it can lead to fallout of like let's say yelling is something he doesn't like. I mean, I, a lot of dogs, I'm not sure they even care if they get yelled at, but let's say he's like, doesn't like being yelled at, you know, that person yelled at me, that person must be a bad person. Whereas yeah. like they started out being, you started out yelling because of, they were barking at the noise in the hall. And now they're like, Oh, I better bark at this person who always yells at me. So I'm always talking about how, how we need to be thinking basically about two, two types of conditioning or two types of learning, the, the learning by consequence, which is what we generally think of with dog training. Like if you do this, then this is going to happen. If you do X, then Y is going to happen. Um, you know, if you sit, then you get a treat. If you bark, I'm going to yell no. Like all, like the if thens uh, that we're doing to control their behavior. And that's like basically traditional dog training. I mean, and it's dog training that we do at school for the dogs, right? Like, um, any, anything that falls under the what's generally known as obedience. But then there's the much more basic kind of learning, which is learning how to feel about something. Um, so, you know, the example I always think of is like my daughter goes to school, she comes back with a drawing, you know, I could look at it with my eyes closed and tell her how amazing it is because I'm not like, <laughs> I'm not, I, I don't really care about the drawing at this point. I just want her to feel good about having gone to school and done this thing, da, 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 da. And we have plenty of time to then like build on that, you know, to, to the point of you know me being able to critique her work. I would say he is at the point of like, you just want him to be like, it was just an amazing time being with Michelle, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and was he a jerk the whole time? Yeah, maybe. But I think, I think, like we we can't even um we can't even ask for uh behaviors from him yet because he's yes. he's just like not in a mental space for so it now does that mean he can't learn anything no i think he can learn something but i think what we uh want him to learn before we think it is less about like doing x y or z and more that just like oh my god being at michelle's is awesome Mm -hmm. um, because I think if you can get him feeling good 
about all the things the the, the behaviors we don't like are mm-hmm. going to uh, a lot of them will might just go away on their own because like you said they're most of them are probably stemming from fear um yeah. but those that don't go away on their own we i think will have um a better ability to work with changing those behaviors um because he just won't be so stressed out and um and you know i i think one nice thing about you know, what's called reward-based training or positive reinforcement training is like, even if you're not doing the best job of it, like even if your timing's not great or whatever, like you're still basically giving your dog good stuff and that is building their trust. Um, and aren't we lucky as dog owners in that, like we control all this stuff, (laughs) like we control where they sleep and what they eat and where they spend their time and who they spend their time with. And, and, um, the fact that we have so much control over all of those inputs um, means that we can um, do a lot to control their behavior. So that's why I was saying, like, let's figure out how you can literally set up your environment to be as controlled as possible. Um, Because when there are fewer variables, uh, you are going to have more control over all the variables. So um, I would suggest and, and, I mean, on the plus side, this is going to be easy to do. On the downside, it might sound crazy, and you might be like, I was on the phone with this woman. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I know that's that what it might sound like. But no, I would suggest, like, taking his food, and yeah. it's wet food, right? Yes. Okay. I would, like, I, I would find a whole bunch of treats that he likes and the food that he likes, like, figure out what is, like, the rest of his diet for today friday Uh and make it into like the smallest pieces that you can deliver to him now i know like wet food it's going to be a little bit yucky i guess maybe like put it on a spoon um but i would uh just figure out like how far you can um get to him without him Uh reacting and like how far you can get with like while he's being comfortable Uh, and like spend the rest of the day just like going Mm -hmm. up to him and giving him the the treats and the food just and you could set a timer um or whatever else um and i would have your criteria like the criteria that you're looking for be basically nothing and if he does go into like crazy headspace i would also have a reserve of like a a big bowl of whatever Mm -hmm. his treats are that he really likes and yeah. uh, you're just going to, like, throw them on the ground. And that's the thing that I know is going to sound a little crazy. Like, my dog is barking like a jerk, and I'm just supposed to, like, dump treats on the ground. And, uh, and you know, when I first started, when I first got into dog training, I was in a program where I was paired with a mentor in upstate New York. And there was, like, two other people there. And one of them had, like, a big Rottweiler-type dog with them and the big Rottweiler type dog like went after this like smaller dog that was there and this like senior trainer just took the dog the big dog's head and like shoved it into a huge bowl of food and I was like (laughs) I was like well that makes no sense that's crazy like what have I gotten myself into here like here like this is the person I'm supposed to be learning from 
now I understand it differently than what it seemed like at the time as what you're doing is changing the association and that doesn't mean you aren't all I mean like dogs are always learning by consequence and always learning by association it's I mean it's not like one is happening and then the other is happening and one is happening and the other is happening like just right. and when you if you break down your own behavior enough you start to see like oh I'm also always learning by association consequence too like you know it's just sometimes it's the consequences or the associations are minor enough that you're not like perceiving them um but if you can change the way he's feeling in that moment first of all you're stopping the behavior in kind of a clever way because he's not Uh barking anymore if he has his mouth full of chicken hearts or whatever um second of all he's learning oh my god like that you know whatever the the trigger was you know someone standing up um equaled equals treats right equals a huge amount of yummy stuff on the ground and so actually when people stand up it's not such a bad thing and um i mean what's what's uh, a, a little bit tricky is it sounds like there's a lot of triggers that you're dealing with and that they're not necessarily that obvious at all times and um and also he might we're not ruling out the fact that he might be in pain which might make him much more sensitive to certain triggers at certain moments but uh like i said the good news is it's an easy enough thing to do or you don't have to be uh worried about like oh did i do that right because you really can't do it wrong if while you're doing is throwing treats at your (laughs) right (laughs) so that's my um sort of big picture advice now i would also um so, like, in summary, I would say check out the Body Language Basics course, and I can send you some other information as well. Um, divide up his food and figure out how you can give it in bits and pieces just throughout the day. And um, and and actually, I forgot that you have a second dog. I mean, I would be doing it to both dogs, and I would probably yeah. give it to both dogs at a distance from each other. Just um, You said resource guarding isn't an issue, and that's good news, but just to make sure that that's continues to uh not be an issue um yeah they do this really cute thing after they eat sorry this is not that relevant but they, i like cute things <laughs> they do this cute thing because they have two separate feeding areas in the kitchen so they have their own mats and bowls and everything and then when they're done eating they'll like cross each other they'll, just, <laughs> they'll stop eating at the same time and then they will like cross across each other and then like go finish up each other's leftovers (laughs) like neither of them seem to mind or have an issue with it and as long as jungkook's not accidentally like ingesting heart medication he shouldn't be having it's kind of like whatever (laughs) like if you think that's necessary yeah good well you know your other dog is going to benefit from it too and um a couple days of of extra treats probably won't harm him um, yeah. and, uh, you're nearby. So if you want to go by our <laughs> store for the, I mean, school for the dogs, we have a little store there with lots of awesome treats. That's um, where I get all of our, uh, that's where we've gotten all of our treats actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah well, there yeah, you yeah. go. And, um, uh, Jungle has like every, every puzzle. I, my, um, my boyfriend's mom came by and was like, it looks like a baby, <laughs> like a toy box and like seven enrichment puzzles. Yeah. <laughs> we just... have these two, we have uh, like three big Ikea bins in our kitchen and yeah. one is for, one is for soft babe, soft kid toys. One is for hard kid toys and one is for the dog. And 
and and our our cleaning person is always putting the dog toys with the kid toys and i just today i was like you're like, hey, wait, wait, wrong, wrong bin. <laughs> I will say Chengdu is uh, the enrichment puzzles are great for Chengdu. He'll just pass out. Like he'll have the zoomies and we'll yeah, do it. Yeah, he'll just pass out on the couch. It has made him a much better counter surfer, which I don't know how hmm. it feels, but it's it's like taught him how to like open pockets, and, like, <laughs> get containers open. I'm like, you don't need to. It's fine because he he can only jump so high. That's really you know, funny. My my old dog Amos was very. Uh, very good at puzzle toys and and it and definitely it improved his ability to figure things out and there were plenty of times where i'd like have my backpack or some kind of bag on the ground that would have like yeah. some old dog treat or my treat pouch or something in it and i could see him trying to like figure out how to work the zipper <laughs> <laughs> yep exactly it's like that's not that's not why i'm that's not why i'm teaching you he managed to get like sorry we're off topic but it's okay it's, it's all interesting um, to me <laughs> there's this brief like i remember there was a briefcase and like in it was one of those briefcases with two pockets too on the outside with little flaps with the magnet closes and there was a cookie that was inside of a wrapper inside of one of those plastic wrappers that you like is taped closed and you like open it um Anyway, so all of that was on top of a bookcase, and he jumped up on top of an ottoman onto the trash can and then onto the bookcase <laughs> to get this briefcase, knocked it onto the floor, somehow opened the flap, and then ate the entire sugar cookie. Oh, my God. He, like, panicked, took him to the vet, whatever. He was fine. Didn't even have diarrhea or anything. But I was like, I, this is not, this is not what you're have you tried the, Have you tried toys with Bowser? I have. Um, he's not... He's not nearly as clever, and he like he gives up pretty easily. <laughs> so have you have you done a hand touch with Bowser? Have you taught that? What is a hand touch? So I think I mean if you have if you have time over the next few days, I think that would be a really yeah. great thing to work on with him. Um, it's just you know a simple exercise where what you're going to do is hold out your hand to him. Uh, and it could be, you know, or it could be the end of a pencil. It could be a, a wooden spoon, whatever. I mean, if you're worried about having your hand near his face. Um, mm-hmm. And the second that he touches the end of the your hand or the stick or whatever, you're going to say mm-hmm. yes and then bring a treat out uh, from your pocket or wherever. It's important to not have the treat visible um, mm-hmm. until after you say your word yes. Um, actually, if you're working with two dogs, you could even have your fingers out or your hands out and have and reward them at the same, touching it for the same time. That can be sometimes a way to introduce two dogs. I, I found, uh, uh, I mean, not, not dogs with issues, I wouldn't say, but two puppies or whatever. You could have yes. them both touch the same object. Um, and that could just be a really, like, a really easy thing that you could do to help build up his confidence. I'm a big believer in training things uh, that might seem pointless, but solely for the reason that um, it's it's a way to build up a dog's vocabulary. Yeah. Um, and something like the hand touch or, or a targeting, we sometimes call it, it's just such a building block behavior because once you have a dog who knows how, like, oh, you know, when I touch my nose to her hand, some good thing happens you know your the, the your, your dog is just kind of at a later level of that right like when i right. touch the thing with my nose and knock it open and pull this open and da, 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 good things happens but the starting point <laughs> the starting point is just that hand touch and it's also creating good associations with you it's creating right. good association with hands which could be could very well be an issue um 
It can also be used ultimately uh, to help teach some sort of opt-in behavior, which for yeah. the kinds of issues that you're talking about with him, sensitivity to handling um, mm-hmm. can be really helpful, you know, so he could learn, you know, I'm going to um, touch your hand uh, in order to indicate that uh, I'm feeling okay enough for you to, you know, pick up my paw and look at my paw or whatever. Yeah. Um, um, that kind of... Uh, con- consent work is um is something that i think uh can be really valuable uh, i really think that a hand touch if you if you never teach any other thing to a dog it's it could be useful for a lot of things it's also a way to teach come um mm-hmm. where you know he he could start like i always say like in the beginning he might only be coming an inch but it's still it's still a start and you could build up on that to him coming and touching your hand across the room um i have i've done at least one podcast episode on teaching touch that kind of breaks it down um i'll share it with you i also did one uh which i reposted last week uh i think it was on um how to teach uh a look which is kind of similar in that it's a very easy thing to uh teach and it's a very it's a way that you can be very generous that you're like you're you are picking a criterion you know the eventually you know i want i'm going to wait for you to touch my finger i'm going to wait for you to touch my eyes but you're setting you're setting the bar so i mean not touch my eyes you know what i mean look at my eyes yeah eye to eye touch um but you're setting the bar so low that they're really going to um get it right and at this point um with the kind of uh you know, anxiety that I think you're, you're dealing with with this dog. We we don't want to be setting him up for anything that could be, um, you know, hard. Yeah. So, um, so a couple of follow up questions. Sure. Uh, so the first thing is, is it so when he freaks out, it's always very directed um, at a person. So it's never like a generalized. I will like kill anyone who comes near me right now. It's always like that person. I don't like them and I don't like what they're doing. So when we're throwing treats, is it important that the person being barked at is the person to throw the treats or is it okay if like he sees Nick and freaks out, Nick like happens to not have treats because he was like walking from the kitchen to the bedroom or something. Is it okay that I'm the one to throw the treats or would that become an association where it's like, oh good, like she wants me to bark at him rather than like, oh, when Nick... Nick is like an okay person. I think ideally, if he's barking at Nick, it should be Nick. But yeah. I don't know. Keep it simple, stupid. You know, like just like yeah. whatever works. You, <laughs> just to get the treats. In his mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I even like I like to use a. Um, again, are you are you, I mean, are you rewarding the behavior of him barking? Like I said, the, both things are happening at the same time. So you could you could uh, you could say. Uh, you're rewarding it, but ultimately, if he is not fearful, he, the behavior is not going to happen. I mean, the behavior—he's probably barking in order to get the person to go away, right? Um, and if he does, but if you lose the desire to have someone go away, then there's not a reason to be barking. Um, I mean, I—I I don't know. He—he he might be scared of it. I don't know, but I love actually using remote treat dispensers. I have a treat and train. Uh, that I use all the time with with my dog, um, yeah. and in that case, I'll trigger it. Like for instance, it, it's just like a little thing that sits on the floor that spits out treat with the remote. Um, I trigger it whenever someone's at the door. Now that doesn't like. Am I giving the treats? No. Is the person at the door giving the treats? No. But treats are happening, and it's happening in a spot in my home where she's not like at the door, and. Right. 
uh, it's a way for me to help make the association of like, you know, at the door, good da 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 da. Right. If I don't, I don't, you know, I've, I haven't met this dog though, and you know, I only know you from this conversation, so I don't know how stressed he is. He might be too stressed to eat. Like my dog, yeah. my dog uh, with a very little amount of stress will be uninterested in pretty much any food, uh-huh. um, which you know makes things harder. If he is, but it sounds like he is able to eat even when he's agitated. Now, um, food is not the be all and end all. I mean, it's also really important that we, you know, I that we're keeping him under threshold whenever possible. Which is right. why I was like, yay that your boyfriend's out of town. Yay for like the making the area um, smaller. I mean, I'm not I'm not suggesting like wait for him to go bananas and then toss food at him. I'm right. suggesting more like toss food all the time. Um, yeah. Toss food before he's going bananas. Right. Um, <clears throat> if he but if he does get out of control, that certainly is one way to manage it. Um, and also a way to, you know, keep you safe. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, for sure. So, uh, I was going to say, uh, he, like, he does, he's much calmer around me, and I also have been, like, every time I come around the corner, and he has been calm, and he hasn't, like, gone ape shit, uh, I've given him a treat. I've been like, that's great, like, that's good behavior. Yes, thank you for doing that. So it's it's like it's cool to see that like what you're saying is something that I feel like we haven't that hasn't been like the intention or like the thought process we've been doing, but like it's been working. Um, well, you know, I I like to tell people, you know, you know more about animal training than you think you do because you are an animal who's behaving all the time. Yeah, uh, and he's an animal who's behaving all the time, and you know the the you know behavioral science is not species specific. I think I think a big shift that I know happened for me as i learned about dog training was thinking about focus focusing on the associations before focusing on the behavior so like I, the only edit i would make to what you just said is yeah. like maybe keep treats in the bathroom and as you come around the corner just throw treats on the ground rather yeah. than okay. like so wait that you ra- wait rather than waiting to see if he's going to be good or not um, yeah. because then he's just gonna be like, oh, it's great. Every time she comes around the corner, I get treats, you know, it's, it's fine when she, I mean, and you're not always going to have to have treats. That's the thing. Yeah. Other thing. It's like that where, where, you know, eventually, which, you know, could be sooner rather than later. Yeah. You, you forgot to put treats in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. He's still going to be like, he's going to give you, he's going to give you one or two or yeah. three or five. Um, right. because he's going to, he's going to learn that it's, um, you know, that it's no big deal. Yeah. Um, so I guess the other question I had is as much as I would like to write, like for, for my approach since last night has just been his leash is on my wrist at all times, including when I'm sleeping. <laughs> um, and uh, the, like the, I have had to leash him to the desk a couple of times. And when I do, he cries. So um, do we ignore him when he does that? Or do we, because like when he's crying, we're not trying to approach him. We're just trying to like get something done first. Mm-hmm. So I guess like what's the correct approach when he's clearly distressed that he's been, you know, left alone? Uh, so like you're, you're having to strap him to the desk so that you can go somewhere else and you don't want him to be like charging you and biting you out of nowhere. Is that the idea? 
Uh, no, it's just that, like, I don't, I don't know, like, if I'm, like, in the shower or something, I don't mm-hmm. want him in the bathroom with me. Okay. Or, like, Fair if enough. I have mm-hmm. to go out and run an errand. Like, I've canceled all my plans for the weekend so no. I can just be yeah. home. Um, I would say give him the good stuff, you know? Again, yeah. like, pack pack a, a Kong or whatever full of his food you know, smear some peanut butter into something. Um, yeah. I like the topple actually as an alternative to the Kong. Mm-hmm. Um, if I don't know if you've, you know what those are, they look kind of like rubber, uh, th- like upside down thimbles. We have them in the shop. Um, T-O-P-P-L. Yeah, I would just like, you know, give him something really good to tide him over while you are going to be doing whatever it is you need to do yeah i mean it's it's too i I mean i don't think you have to like crate train a dog or train a dog to go in a bag but if i was gonna say if he was comfortable in a bag you could even like put him in a bag and bring him with you while you need to do whatever um but um but yeah again just you know my, my my big picture suggestion is to like Think about how think about the associations he's making and how he and how um, those associations might be leading him to feel one way or the other, and then think about how you can change those yes. that association um, in order to um, in order to you know affect behavior change. Um, right. Which, like I said take takes a bit of a deep breath sometimes because there might be moments when you're like I feel like I'm rewarding a bad behavior here but you just have right. to have faith in in like the the long term the long term which might be short term you know yeah yeah it might it might it might be it might be a quick change I heard from Michelle the day after we recorded this and she wrote We've had zero incidents since yesterday morning, by the way. His leash is just on my wrist at all times, and he seems way calmer and happier than I think I've ever seen him. I pass down a treat to him every half hour or so to reward him for being quiet and calm. All right, folks, see you in September, or else see you in the online campus. You can get there at schoolforthedogs.com slash online campus. I am going to go play with my kitten now. Bye. One of my favorite things to do with dogs is to watch them figure out how to problem solve. I like watching them figure out how to navigate the world that we're asking them to live in and to have fun while doing it. At School for the Dogs, we specialize in selling enrichment toys for dogs. These are also sometimes called work to eat toys. They can help a dog refine their problem solving abilities, can help them burn off physical and mental energy in a way that is not destructive. It can help slow down their eating and it can also just help them enjoy themselves. I kind of think puzzle toys might be the canine equivalent of playing Fortnite or doing the crossword. School for the Dogs' new Brainy Box is a monthly subscription box where every month we will send you one of our favorite canine enrichment toys along with one of our favorite types of treats. You will only receive things that have been vigorously tested by our staff and student body. 
Sign up today at schoolforthedogs.com slash BrainyBox. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your first month or your payment for the full first year when you use the code BrainyBox15.